Choir directors are creative, resourceful, dedicated, and sometimes completely out of ideas. Not to worry, the Choir Ninja Podcast is here with solutions you never saw coming. Get ready for some training, wisdom, and inspiration from the masters. Let Ryan Guth guide your journey to becoming a Choir Ninja. Today's episode is brought to you by SightReadingFactory.com. Do you hate teaching sight singing? Do you have a carbon footprint the size of Sasquatch because you run off endless sheets of sight singing examples only to hear your students groan in agony when it's time to sight sing in rehearsal? SightReadingFactory.com is a web-based tool that will compose custom sight reading examples based on specifications that you choose. Your choir will actually enjoy sight singing, and so will you. Plus, you will get back hours of your life and finally feel like the choir ninja you were destined to be. If that isn't cool enough, you can add student accounts that link directly to your teacher dashboard so your kids can practice or even take recorded assessments from home. As a sponsor of this show, SightReadingFactory.com has an exclusive deal just for you, Choir Nation. When you purchase their insanely affordable one-year subscription, you will unlock 10 free student accounts just for using the promo code NINJA at checkout. That's Ninja, N-I-N-J-A. So head over to SightReadingFactory.com. That's SightReadingFactory.com. And don't forget to use the promo code Ninja at checkout to unlock your 10 student accounts absolutely free. What's the best part about being a ninja? The gear. It's the nunchucks, the katanas, the throwing stars. It's the same for choir ninjas. The difference between an ordinary and a masterful performance may come down to your most basic and essential piece of equipment, your music folder. My Music Folders creates a superior product, and they do it with a smile. And because they are friends of the podcast, they have a killer deal for you right now. Get the bulk purchase price break without having to buy in bulk. So whether you have to restock your entire classroom or you just need to replace a few folders, you will get the best possible pricing on the best possible product. So like a ninja, sneak on over to MyMusicFolders.com and use the code NINJA when you check out. Hey there, Choir Nation. This is Ryan Guth with the Choir Ninja Podcast, and I'm back with J.D. Frizzell for part two. If you didn't listen to part one, you can go back to this previous episode, which is episode 113. Uh, So if you go to choir.ninja forward slash 113, you can listen to that episode and read the show notes as well there. And this one is going to be at choir.ninja forward slash 114. So if you forget anything that we spoke about today, Chances are there's going to be something in the show notes just for you, some relevant links, as well as some of the bullet points that we talk about in today's episode, which is going to be short and sweet, but just about what it takes to have an acapella program in your school uh, choral program. Uh, I said program twice. It sounds kind of redundant, but how to have an acapella program in your school. There you go. That sounds great. So, JD, um, thanks for joining me again. I'm thrilled to be here, Ryan. Thanks for having me. So, uh, like we spoke about in the last podcast, you know, you you were brand new to acapella um, before Briarcrest One Voice, which is now just a force to be reckoned with in the uh, the high school acapella world, and and 
this goes to show that anybody, you know, with the right tools and training and these other things that we're going to talk about today could, could do what you're doing. Um, I'm sure there is a certain level of charisma that you offer as well, but, um, you know, we all have certain unique values and I'm sure that, um, where somebody, uh, lacks in one area, uh, they have something awesome to offer in another one. So, uh, Let's talk for a second about, you know, what is like the number one most important thing you need to think about before starting an acapella group? Like what is the commitment level and what are the things that you're going to have to get good at in order to, to start an acapella group and be successful? Sure. So the first thing, you know, let's make sure that we have the right or, or the same definition of contemporary acapella. Contemporary acapella is basically creating a vocal band. Um, you're, you're using choral singing and usually one to three people on a specific part. Um, and then the, the differentiator between that and just choral music is that the music is typically popular in nature. So it comes from the radio or popular music of the past. And we, because we're creating a vocal band, a lot of the things that we're going to be singing in addition to the melody uh, are going to be things like, um, you know, background harmonies. We're going to be singing like the piano parts. We're going to be singing the guitar parts. We're going to have somebody that's actually singing a bass line. So instead of going like doom ba doom 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 doom, they're going to go ba doom 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 ba doom. Right? They're going to sound more like a bass. And then you've got a vocal percussionist. Now, vocal percussion doesn't have to be there. Um, it's not necessary. You can introduce the percussive elements within the vocal parts, or you can use you know, body percussion or a combination thereof. Um, that doesn't have to stand in the way if no one is, is very good at that in your group. Uh, but, you know, that that is where what my definition of contemporary acapella is. Um, and then you have to know why are you doing it? Like Why why would you do contemporary acapella? Um, how does it fit within your entire choral program? For me, I'm at a private school. And while it's a pretty big private school compared to most high schools, you know, we have 550 students. That's not that many students for a high school. Um, so like, you know, the high school I grew up in has 3000, um, and a lot of choral programs come out of that tradition of having lots and lots of students. I don't. And so I had to find a way to engage students in singing and make them want to not only be in my choir, but sometimes come to my school, right? Um, cause at a private school, if you don't have students, you don't have a job. So there's a marketing so element some, to it as well. Yeah. There's a marketing element and we, we, perform all over the place. And you know, there's a re reason that we invest in video um, so that, you know, if there are students that see what we do and say like, oh my gosh, I have to be doing that, which probably half of the previous groups have all said that, right? They've all come from other places. Um, you know, that's a big element for me as well. But everyone has to recruit. You know, even if you're just, if you're at a public school and you have tons of kids, you have to recruit those kids to be in your choir. So mm -hmm. um, it's great for, for recruitment. But Contemporary Acapella is also wonderful because it engages your audience. Um, and that's something that I think a lot of people don't consider enough. Um, you know, what's your average Joe sitting in the audience who knows nothing about music? How are they going to follow your program? And I know you're big on this and you, you're like me. I mean, you, you make great programs and you insist on them being high quality, um, you know, providing the audience with a lot of background information about the things that the kids are singing. Um, all of that's really important. But man, if every once in a while you have an acapella piece or you have the acapella group come up and they sing a song that 
everyone in the audience already knows Mm -hmm. and then they do it really well all of a sudden the audience is like a hundred percent more engaged than they even were before and and then they they become more receptive to to everything else that you're showing them they see how it all fits together um because part of obviously what we're doing while trying to create the best music we can is is we're trying to teach the skills of singing to our students and so um that's the last thing i would say is if, if you want your singers to be better musicians if you want them to have better tone and pitch and rhythm and independence of, of line um, articulations dynamics all of that while well, singing acapella for hours on end every day um, that certainly helps so uh, you know know why you want to do it in the first place um, then the next step you have to know where to find music and there are a lot of different ways to do that uh, the first one is um, you can arrange your own music. A lot of people do that. And we could have a whole nother podcast. I know we don't have time today about like the legality of doing that. There are ways to do it legally um, to arrange your own music. And I know every time I mention it, everyone, there's always somebody is like, well, you can't do that. Well, you can. You just have to know the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you have to you can arrange for your own groups. And there are a lot of resources out there to help you. Uh, I'm going to name a couple of them right now. So where do you start? You start by going to acapellaeducators.com. It is the Acapella Education Association. It's a 501c3 uh, that was uh, founded by, by myself uh, and Ben Spaulding and Brody McDonald, two other very fine educators. And, um, you know, that is a resource. That's a giant resource created by educators for educators to help um, start and improve acapella groups. So you'll go there. Um, the membership is like 30 something dollars a year. It's pretty cheap. And there's a ton of free charts on there, um, for you to download and use with your groups. So right there, you've immediately got, I think there are about 50 or 60 charts on the, on the site that are free. Then, um, you can go to acapella.how, which is another service of the AEA. I was originally started by Deke Sharon and now we, we run this service acapella.how. And there are hundreds of videos, like video tutorials, about everything from each beatbox technique, right? Everything with vocal percussion that you need to do, the different sounds, the hi-hats, the snares, the kicks, to how to arrange your own music. Um, So check those sites out. Like anything else, the internet provides a wealth of resources that can help you be self-sufficient. So start with that. Um, if you, if you think about arranging your own music and that's overwhelming and you're like, ah, yeah, I don't have time or I just can't, um, there are a number of ways that you can, um, find great music that's out there. Uh, so there are charts, uh, Alfred and Hal Leonard both have a lot of published acapella charts. Uh, these charts are like most pop music that's published choral music. It's got to be designed to be as broad as possible, right? So it's very middle of the road in terms of style and in terms of difficulty. It's not going to be crazy hard. It's not going to be very easy. Um, And it's going to be stuff that a lot of people know. Um, If you are interested in having custom charts arranged for you, um, that's something that I do and a number of of people do as well. Uh, I know like the people who do show choir are familiar with that as well. That's something that people will do. Um, you can go to, um, there's a website called betteracapella.com and that's like a connection website, uh, where you can find people who arrange. 
Um, humanfeedback.com is a guy named Robert Dietz. Robert Dietz was the vocal coach and uh, one of the uh, arrangers on the Sing Off, the show on NBC, for a few seasons. Um, I also highly recommend uh, Deke Sharon, totalvocal.com. Ben Bram, which is, uh, he's another one of the coaches on the sing-off, thebenbram.com. Uh, acapella Psych, like psych you out, acapellapsych.com. Uh, and then random-notes.com. Uh, I'm sure Ryan can put all those in the, the show notes um, in case you missed them. But um, yeah, so those are some of the arrangers that I use really uh, frequently. Uh, another one uh, that you can use is um, thevocalcompany.com. Uh, they have a variety of arrangers as well. So all of those that I just named are people that I have used who understand how to create a contemporary acapella arrangement for your group and make it successful for them. Because the chart has to be set up for student success. And uh, that's why I like doing custom charts or doing them myself because you can either work with the arranger and tell them about your singers or you know your singers better than anyone else and then you know you can do that. Um, so those, that's the first step, right? We have to know where we get the, the music from. Uh, and then, you know, the next thing is, you know, we have to think about that whole vocal percussion element and I've presented a like acapella primer, like here's why you should do acapella at a number of conventions. And I've helped other people do the same presentation, uh, in other States. And the number one thing that they ask after where can I find music is, well, how do I do vocal percussion? I don't know how to do it myself. Um, if it makes anyone feel better, neither do I. I'm really not good at vocal percussion. It's like my secret that's no longer a secret. But um, <laughs> you, the good news is that um, there are a lot of students who are good at it or at least have a desire to be good at it. Sure. And uh, so here's what you have to find with a student. Um, you're looking for a student that can be consistent with their sounds. Um, and and you're looking for a student that can consistently produce quality in their sound. Um, that's hard, right? And what I will do a lot of times if I don't have a ton of kids who are really great at it um, is I'll give them some of those video resources or I'll have them work with a vocal percussionist that I know, usually a former student or a current student in the group, um, and teach them, right? Here are the basic sounds. Here's your kick. Here's your snare. And then they practice, right? Um, so th that's something you can change. You can make, sh you give them better sounds. Um, that acapella.how website has a ton of resources on it. Um, I also, on my blog, um, I have a couple of, uh, on jdfrizzell.com, I have a couple of articles that I think one of them is literally called How Do I Teach Vocal Percussion? So um, I would suggest that as well. Um, and then the thing you can't change, you can't change their sense of tempo and and meter and rhythm. So if somebody has a hard time keeping a consistent tempo, then they're probably not the person for you. I'd rather take somebody that's super consistent with their tempo any day over somebody who has some really good sounds but can't stay in the pocket of a groove, mm -hmm. you know, um, that, that I'm never going to be able to make them very much better at if they can't naturally feel it. So if you find some, a student with good rhythm, great. You use these resources, you teach them good sounds. And as the choral director, all you have to know then is you have to know what those sounds are. So you can tell them what you want when they're not doing what you hear in your own mind. Um, so like, you know, you need to know what a kick drum is. 
You need to know what a snare is. You need to know what a hi-hat is. These are you know, just normal drum sounds. You need to know what toms are so that you can talk to your vocal percussionist and develop you know, a clear um, line of communication sure. so that when you're working on a piece, you can say like, hey, you know what, Johnny? Um, you're doing that kick on one and three, but let's make it four on the floor. Let's just do every single beat kick. And they're like, okay, great. And then they do it. You don't even have to be good at it yourself. You just have to know what the sounds are so that you can speak the vocabulary, if that makes sense. Sure. Absolutely. So, so, yeah, so we did, uh, I feel like I'm just rambling. You can yeah, stop no, me. No, you're you good. Want, I, but... Let me, let me ask you about the technical <laughs> requirements. Um, I mean, I know some of the barriers to entry obviously is, you know, the director's level of education as far as acapella is concerned, like, oh, geez, if I don't do it, maybe I can't teach it. Um, so you've, you've definitely provided some great resources um, that are both free and paid, which is great. So if your people have an interest, they can go out and do that. Now, what about those, those kind of technical things? Like, do I need to have six grand in my budget to buy mics and a mixing board and all that crap? Or can we just do this actually acoustic to begin with? Yeah, you, you, the best thing about acapella is that you don't have to have any of those expensive things. We have built them over time in our program, but we started with no sound system for a very, very long time. And then we ended up getting like 12 SM58s, you know, wired microphones mm -hmm. on a pretty standard PA, right, um, that we were very proud of. You know, and then we built the system over time into what we we use today. A lot of people will say like, well, it'd be great if we all had wireless mics and in-ear monitors. And I was like, well, it would be great. But like we raised the money for those things. You right. know, we, we gigged a ton. We we fundraised a lot. We, um, you know, we moved people with music a lot. So it doesn't happen overnight, but you don't have to have it. So the the reason that you would need amplification at all is if you're going to perform in a really large hall for a lot of people mm -hmm. and you know that's when it becomes difficult because you just 10 12 15 20 singers it's harder for them to be heard right sure. um and sometimes it's hard to hear the bass or the vocal percussionist and then sometimes it's also hard to hear the singers like the i'm sorry the soloist right um a couple strategies that you can use for that uh, is you can place if you have a choral shell for your traditional concerts, if you want to put a, an acapella group in the middle of that traditional concert, they can sing up in the shell, you know, towards the higher end of sure. the, the risers, and that will help the sound carry. Um, you can also create um, space vertically between the group and the soloist. So if the soloist is like literally like 10 feet in front of the group, as long as they can hear the group, just that physical space alone will create the volume difference that your audience needs to be able to hear that one person sure. better than the rest of the group, if that makes sense. Um, so you, know, you can do all that. And in fact, I mean, for a long time, we didn't have a, a performing arts center at our school. And so we would go to area churches and churches would always have good acoustics. Mm -hmm. We never sang on microphones. We did literally what I am describing now. And, and it's my preferred way of doing it. I would love to never have to use a microphone sure. unless you know you really needed to. It's just the nature of being a choral director. We like voices. We like the way the voices sound. But that being said, if you do want to sing for those bigger audiences and you know that a sound system is in your future, and this is like number three on the list of the things that I uh, answer the most for people when they're trying to start a group, um, 
you, know, you, you don't have to have wireless microphones, although they're really not that expensive anymore uh, to buy them. And everyone wants to know, like, what exact equipment do I buy? And that's really, really tough. It's so, so specific to each group and each situation. It's sort of like somebody saying, like, hey, uh, Ryan, I've got to drive to work. What what car should I buy? Mm-hmm. And sure. and you're like, well, 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 what do you want out of a car? They're like, I don't know. You know, I just want something that's safe and fun to drive that gets me to work. And you're like, well, <laughs> just tell me what car to buy. Right, there's um, lots of things get, that fill yeah. that could fill that need. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's the that's the scenario with um, with live sound. Um, you know, my suggestion is always to find somebody local who has worked with other vocal groups and has built systems for them in the past. And then they can steer you in a direction that will meet all of your specific needs. Um, but there's anything to match a budget of a few thousand dollars all the way up to, you know, 30 or $40,000, uh, in terms of, of building a, a travel system. But in no way should that ever be what stands in your way of, of doing that. Um, and in fact, there's a whole industry in acapella for people coming to do your shows for you. So like you do your part and then you don't have to build a sound system. You just pay someone and then they will come and bring all the gear and all the equipment and all the speakers and all the microphones and everything else. And they'll mix the show for you. And you could do a whole concert in a big hall without having to fork over the investment of, you know, $30,000 or whatever. Um, so that's another option that I, I shouldn't neglect to mention. Sure. So maybe um, you're, you're fundraising $1,000, $2,000 at a time and not having to to rack up $30,000, $40,000 over the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, a lot of groups, I mean, we gig a ton, so it made sense for us to... to buy our own system because mm-hmm. I mean we'll perform 40 to 50 times in a given school year um, so we need that and I need the ability to run that myself um, but you know even I will bring in a professional to do some of our big shows because sure. I, I want that I mean mixing vocals is incredibly hard um, by themselves um, but yeah most groups are going to sing like around the community in smaller settings maybe more often, but they're going to do maybe one or two big concerts a year. Okay. And so to me, it makes way more sense to just basically rent it and rent the services, and you're going to guarantee student success because you're bringing in a professional um, rather than you know just taking your chance and borrowing some mics from somebody. I mean, there there are many disaster stories that I've both seen and heard of sure. uh, when, when people do that. So I would I would encourage people to, if they want to do something big like that in a big concert venue, uh, to reach out to a professional who can do acapella sound for you um, first. Awesome. Well, JD, I, I want to thank you. Is there anything else that you want to add? I mean, I, I, I hope that there's people feel like there are there's less barriers to entry if they want to be interested if they want to get into acapella in their school um so i mean hope i think that was accomplished here but jd is there anything else that you you want to uh, add before before uh we close uh you know no um just that everybody and i in this area of contemporary acapella they're all very open helpful people um so please reach out to us um Everybody seems very willing to help. Um, again, you know, acapellaeducators.com, uh, casa.org, the Contemporary Acapella Society. Um, I run a camp with a number of other people from like Deke Sharon, right, to, to other um, authors and acapella stars, so to speak, uh, called Camp Acapella. And we have people from all over the world come to 
that, uh, which is actually next week. Uh, and then um, I have a new warm-up book coming out with Deke Sharon um, called, um, oh gosh, Acapella Warm-Ups for Pop Choirs. Uh, so that's something that um, you might want to check out as well. Great. That's, uh, that's just, a uh, Hal Leonard publication? That's a Hal Leonard publication. It's uh, I expect it to come out in the next month or so. It's already available on things like Amazon or JW Pepper for pre-order. Sure. Uh, that's going to be a really unique uh, guide for that. Um, and then there's a book. Uh, there are a couple books to check out, and um, I'll send you the link so you can put them in the show notes. Uh, there's one called uh, Acapella Pop, and that's by Brody McDonald. Uh, it's a comprehensive like starter guide. And then there's another book called Just Acapella. Uh, and it's by Deke Sharon uh, and Ben Spaulding and Brody McDonald. It is a giant book um, filled with all kinds of resources. So if you wanted to spend the least amount of money to get the most, I would join the AEA and I would buy those two books. And I think you would have literally everything that you could possibly need to at least get started. And you have the rest of the summer to catch up on your reading and be ready to do something for the new year. So, uh Wow, JD, thank you. That you were a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much for joining me for the second episode uh, in our set. So uh, I know JD is available on the Choir Nation Facebook group. So if you head over there to Facebook, type in Choir Nation. It's the group, not the page. Okay, so uh, go to Choir Nation. We have over fifteen hundred members of that group at this point, and they're just all the nicest people in the world and always willing to help, and JD is one of those people. And uh, support our sponsors, both uh, sightreadingfactory.com and mymusicfolders.com with the promo code NINJA. And we will see you online. JD, thank you so much. And of course, uh, choir.ninja forward slash 114 is where you will go for the resources for today's episode. So thank you, JD. Thank you, Ryan. Good to be here as always. Quiet Ninja Show. Wa bang bang.